used more often than any other passage in, in my, my 30 years of ministry. It's this one from Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your paths straight. Or as we say at Christmas time, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own standing. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your Christmas pageant great. And, uh, and I'm not saying that it's my favorite passage, but it's definitely the passage that I've gone to more often than anything else. Because all the time in, in, in ministry and, and service and, and just life, it seems, seems like things are less sure than they are sure. And, and it seems like things that we feel, that, that sense of, I'm not really sure what I'm doing or what I'm supposed to be doing in a situation like this. And so I keep falling back to that, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So if it's parenting or work or church or whatever case might be, I would keep coming back to these verses. And we begin to look at these and realize that these are what guides us. These are what we can, can rely on. And, and it's that part of, because I'm, I'm, I like to understand how things work, and I like to understand what, what's happening and, and feel like if, if I'm going to have a sense of control, it's because I, I got an understanding of what's going on. And, and so when it gets beyond your understanding and you don't have that, then the, the promise is if you trust in the Lord beyond your own understanding, and, and if you give him your, your ways and, and your direction, then the promise is that he will then make your path straight, that he steps in and does something. doesn't make it easy necessarily, but he gets you to where you need to go as we're willing to trust. So when you look at the Christmas story, it really begins with this angel telling Mary these, these simple words of, of fear not. And, and the fear not is followed up by this this powerful statement of you have found favor with the Lord. That this now you gotta you gotta picture this Mary. I mean the Mary that we had here was was young and the Mary in in, in scripture was was probably not much older, like a, a teenager, trying to be faithful, and this angel appears, Gabriel appears and, and says, Fear not. And then those words that how you've been living, what you've been doing has really been exceptional. It's been good. It's not that you're perfect, but, but you found favor with the Lord, that, that your faithfulness and your, your willingness to trust in the Lord and lean not on your understandings gives the Lord something to work with. And he asked her to join in and be part of this promise that would come. So this young and vulnerable Mary agrees to this, and, and Joseph Joseph comes into the picture, and Joseph joins in with that. And Joseph, being her husband, eventually, but not the father of the child, puts his reputation on the line to go with Mary and to walk with her. And as the story progresses, you get into Luke 2, 7, that she gave birth to this son. And she wrapped him in cloths, and she placed him in this manger, and Mary, this young Mary and Joseph at her side are in this hostile environment, this, this not-so-perfect environment and these not-so-perfect circumstances of life, and they've got this, this newborn. 
this, this baby that's, that's supposed to be a promise, this, this miraculous child. Now, this child doesn't look like a miracle. It, it looks like a child. They still have to have faith that this child is something unique, that this child is something special. For Joseph to go, this child is worth me putting my reputation on the line. For Mary to, to say, this, this child is worth me, me dedicating my life to raising them and nurturing them. And they were now young parents with this baby, this great blessing that they now had to care for and nurture. And it says that Mary and Joseph were willing to do what they needed to do according to the law. And part of that was to take the child, the firstborn son, as the, the law said, to take your firstborn son to the temple to make a, a, a blessing and, and dedicate them to the Lord. So Mary and Joseph, the, her husband but not the father of the child, go to the temple out of obedience but you got to remember that they go to the temple not knowing how they will be received. Because they're in a town where they would know that this is Mary and this is her child, but this is Joseph, the husband, but not the father of this child. And how would they be accepted when they go to the priest with this child to be dedicated unto the Lord? But Mary was told... Fear not, you found favor with the Lord. Joseph was told, fear not, just, just there's something here that's, that's special. And they go to the temple with this baby, with this promise that just looks like a baby. And they go there not knowing how they'll be received. And Luke does something unique in Luke chapter 2, is, is in the midst of this story, he, he's one, he's the only one that includes this part of the story, but then he, he throws in these two encounters that Mary and Joseph and, and the baby have when they go to the temple. And it's kind of part of the story we don't even include it in the Christmas story because it just seems like it just gets plopped there and then we move on, but it's, it's significant. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, it says there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and he was devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel or the deliverance of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And Simeon had this promise deep in his heart that he had received from the Holy Spirit that he would see the deliverer before his life ended, that he would be able to see the Messiah. He would be able to see the promise. Now, in Israel, politically, things are chaotic. I mean, they're, they're ruled by the Romans. They're not able to govern themselves. Within the, the religious order, there's all these groups that have been rising up and trying to exert control and power, so it's caused all these religious factions to happen within Jerusalem. So you got political stuff going on, and you've got, you got church stuff going on, religious stuff going on, and that's a breeding ground for corruption and for control and for all of these destructive things. But Simeon, Simeon believes 
that in the midst of all the religious chaos and all the political chaos, that God can still do something. And he's not only convinced that God can do something, he believes in his heart that he will see something before he dies. He believed by faith, and he persevered. And it says in verse 27, it says, And, and he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him in his arms, and he blessed God. And his father, Jesus' father and mother, marveled at what was said about him. Simeon takes this child. It doesn't say he took every child that came in. It said he took just that child. That child that Mary and Joseph brought into the temple on this normal everyday day, something in Simeon, that, that spirit that was in Simeon quickened him to go, there's something about this. And he takes that child and Mary hands over this child to this man and Joseph watches as Simeon begins to speak blessings over the child, but also over the mother and over the father. And at the end, he hands back that child. Now, here's the thing with Simeon. If Simeon blesses this child, and he's greatly, greatly blessed by the opportunity to do it, that, that within him, he goes, this is the deliverer. This is the, the promised one. But he did that. And Jesus didn't make any difference in the political situation or the religious situation of Simeon's day. Simeon never saw the blessing of Jesus. But he was willing to bless the infant as a promise for what would be one day. It doesn't even make clear that Simeon even understood what this baby would be, what this baby would grow into, how this baby would, would, would operate or would act, but he blessed it anyways. He blessed what he, he didn't even understand. He blessed him by faith, which is a remarkable story. But then Luke throws in another one. He says immediately, right after this, verse 36, there was this prophetess named Anna. She was advanced in years, a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer day and night. So Luke includes the story of Simeon, but then he immediately includes the story of Anna, this, this woman who had been widowed for some years, going faithfully to the temple day after day, worshiping and praying and fasting. And when these three people walk in, Mary and Joseph and their, their child, something in her lights up. And she begins to speak out to all the people, anyone that would hear, she begins to speak out these praises, this overflow of excitement about this child. And the thing is that everything that Anna said about this, this infant, 
And all of the excitement that she had, that, that this was fulfillment of everything that she had been longing for and praying for, she never saw one thing change in her life because of that infant. But she blessed what she didn't understand. She blessed what wouldn't have an impact on her life, but would have an impact on future generations. And Mary listens to those things, and Joseph watches and listens to these things. That Anna, by the Spirit, blessed what would one day bring such a change. And as Jesus himself said, that, that there would be a spirit of worship that would, would ignite. That Anna picked up on that. So when you go back to Proverbs 3... And you think about that, of trusting the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding the way you see it, but in all your ways acknowledge him and, and he will make your path straight. That there's times, like a, like a Simeon, where we might see something in its infant state and be able to speak blessings about it, about what it will be one day. Or to be like an Anna who's able to look at this infant and to be able to worship God for what that will be one day before she ever sees it. And that the res result to them is as much excitement as if they were able to see the Messiah themselves in full action. And we sometimes think that we're past our prime and that we don't have anything more to offer. But it's Simeon and Anna who speak the blessings that Luke says, I need to record that. They were trusting in something that was beyond themselves, beyond their understanding, beyond their... The, the thing that would make an impact in their life, it was something that, that was going to be beyond that. And, and when you go into Hebrews and you read about Hebrews, about the people of faith, they, that's what they did, is they did things that benefited future generations. They spoke about things that were future generations. They put their faith in things that were for future generations. And they put their trust in things that would one day be but may not have yet been fulfilled. Because men and women of faith plant seeds of faith that will reap a harvest of faith later on. And men and women of faith look for those things that have been planted that are coming into fruition now. And men and women of faith, when they see the blessing of the Lord, are thankful for those who have gone before them. And so it doesn't matter what stage in life we're at, there's something going on. And Christmas has a way of bringing us back into that. And, and Luke crafts all of these pieces, and he, he just pulls all these pieces together, and he goes, the shepherds and the wise men and the Mary and the Joseph and the Simeon and the Annas and the priests and, and all the people that looked and all the political officials were all brought into this story and given the opportunity to respond and to go from there into their lives and to live differently. Now, here's the thing. And this is a little thing that, that Luke writes in there. Is that Mary 
took all of these things, these words that were spoken, and she held on to those like a treasure. Like she put them into a box and she held on to that for dear life, that this was, was something to hold on to because Mary is young and she has an infant. And the promise has to be nurtured for 30 years. And for those 30 years, Mary has this treasure that she keeps going back to. Fear not. The Lord has found favor with you. Simeon's words, you have before you something special. Anna's words, that this is cause for great celebration. And Mary, time after time after time, goes back to that treasure box and opens it up and reminds herself of the words of not only the, 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 the angels, but the words of the men who spoke faithfully and the women who spoke faithfully into her life. And she treasured those, and she said, that's why this is worth it. And she kept going. And when Joseph leaves her and is gone, she takes those words and she holds fast to them. And she keeps going. And she stays faithful. And we look at Mary and we go, Mary was a wonderful person, but Mary was a wonderful person who was strengthened by everyday people that interacted with her life, that looked at what she had and recognized the promise and blessed it, even when they didn't fully understand it, even when they weren't really sure just what it meant. They knew there was something there that they wanted to bless. And they walked away from those encounters. And they were encouraged. So we want to ask ourselves, if the words and the actions that seem to be in just the everyday life, if we realize the significance of the things that we say and the things that we do in the everyday, with the everyday people, that the kids that were part of this pageant, to realize that what what is in them already that the Lord is going to nurture over the years? What do we do with them? Those who have gone before, who have been faithful, how do we bless them for the great service that they've done and their faithfulness? Do we recognize that the words that we have to speak to others, that the actions that we demonstrate to others today may have a significant impact beyond our understanding? Which is why the Lord says, trust in me with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path, or he will make your path straight. So it was the words of encouragement that kept Mary going. And then one day, in Luke 4, 14, it simply says that Jesus emerged from this wilderness and returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Thirty years after that encounter in the temple, Jesus steps out as the Messiah and transforms the world. That the things that Jesus said in his lifetime, we still talk about today. That the things that Jesus did in his lifetime still have an impact today. Out of that wilderness, the promise emerged. 
And the thing is that Anna was no longer praying and worshiping in the temple because she had long since passed. Simeon was no longer prophesying in the temple because he had long since passed. Joseph was no longer an earthly father guarding and, 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 and encouraging a son because he had passed. All three had long since passed in the world, but their words and their actions contributed to Jesus coming out of that wilderness in the power of the Spirit and changing the world. Mary did her part to nurture the promise that she was entrusted with. And that spirit was there all the way through. Imagine those times when Mary would get overwhelmed as a mom and not know what to do. Fear not. In the words of Simeon, in the words of Anna coming back. And then watching as his son that she nurtured arises as the Son of God and as the Messiah. So we come back to that, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And if you're a Mary, like, and, and if you've been given something, a promise, at some point in your life that, that you've been nurturing, and, and you've wondered sometimes, is, is this... Is, is what I have really the promise that I thought it was in the beginning? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He'll make your path straight. If you're a Joseph who feel like, like you've put your reputation on the line for what you believe, what you believe to be true, that you've had to pay some price for the position that you've taken to be obedient and faithful to God, and you wonder if that was worth it, if it's, if it's worth the cost of the ridicule and the criticism and the snide remarks because of your faith. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understandings in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. If you're a Simeon, and you're, you've been a, a man of God who's been, been declaring the word of God faithfully, and you're wondering if those words are making any difference in the lives of others, and you're wondering if your words are making any difference in the next generation, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And if you're an Anna, and you're a woman with a heart of worship and intercession and prayer, and you've been praying and seeking the Lord faithfully, and sometimes you wonder if God is ever going to move or if you're seeing any results or any, any, any forward motion to the things you've been praying for. And you're getting discouraged in all that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. You know, as someone who's carrying a promise, as someone who's waiting on a promise, as someone who's, 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 who's got these words of encouragement for others, and you're waiting to see something change in our country politically, if you're waiting to see a revival in our churches in Canada, and you're wondering if you're ever going to see it in your lifetime, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. Because what we're looking for... What we're longing for 
is to see the power of the Spirit begin to move. And what we, what we don't want to fall into the trap is thinking, well, it's one day. It may have already begun, but it's only in its infant state. Or maybe 20 years ago, it was in its infant state. And you remember those revival days in the late 90s, early 2000s, and we wondered what happened to that, that spirit of excitement that was there in Canada, and we're wondering if that just fizzled out. Well, maybe that was the beginning, and we've moved 20 years, and it's getting that much closer to emerging. We sometimes think, where, when is things going to change? Why aren't things the way they used to be? Maybe they're going to be greater than what we can even imagine. But we bless what the Lord calls us to bless. And we nurture what the Lord asks us to nurture. And we stay faithful to that which the Lord tells us to stay faithful. We continue to trust beyond our own understanding, beyond our own ability to see. And we trust that God's going to do something extraordinary. And Christmas time is a time to just pull back, to focus on what's important, to naturally draw into family and connecting with one another, to see those gifts under the tree and know the anticipation of wanting to see those gifts is all a demonstration and reminder that if we trust the Lord with all of our hearts and we lean not on our understandings, we may be surprised at what we get under the tree and what opens up and is revealed to us in its fullness. And so as we go into this Christmas season, let's have a sense of excitement. Let's have a sense of anticipation. Let's have a sense of renewed hope. And if you're later in life, if you're early in life, if you're a man, if you're a woman, if you're middle of life, if you're a teen, wherever you are, to look and say, Lord, what do you have for me today? And 2024 might be a challenging year, but Lord, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to be? What do you want us to trust in? And what do you want us to pray for? And see what the Spirit does in us. I think 2024 is going to be an exciting time. Not because of, of how great 2023 has been, but as I look back and I go, we're due. And there was promises spoken that I remember many years ago that haven't been fulfilled. But I don't think they've gone away. So we trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not on our own understandings and in all our ways acknowledge him trusting that he's going to make our path straight. And let's see where that takes us. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the story that you have Luke record. The people, these shepherds, these wise men, these kings, these officials, this young woman, this young man, this Simeon and this Anna and these priests and all of these people that have that interaction, Lord, that, that, that we just want to interject ourselves into that story knowing that, that where we are right now, we can see ourselves in that story. 
So, Lord, for those who have been faithful for years and years and longing to see a move that is real and genuine, Lord, I pray that you would remind them of those words that you had given them years ago, that you would renew their excitement, renew their anticipation. And, Lord, may those who are, are, are part of the older generation, may they see the, the younger generation as a blessing and speak into that. And, Lord, for those who are, are young, Lord, we pray that they would look forward with great enthusiasm about what will be and that they will work faithfully and to be persevering, to be men of God and women of God, faithful in the little things so that you can work through them. And for those of us in the middle or thinking we're in the middle, Lord, may we continue to be diligent of looking forward and looking back and anticipating and ready to adjust and, 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 and speak words that are your words to do things that are your actions, trusting in you beyond our own understanding so that you can work through us and in us and beyond us for the promise that you have for this nation. And Lord, we pray a special blessing on this church that you would use them and you would guide them and you would, you would just be a blessing to them. And Lord, that we would see just a, a great manifestation of your spirit in Landmark and in Manitoba and all across Canada as believers across this nation are faithful to you. And we look forward in anticipation to this. So may the peace of Christmas really settle into our hearts as we get our hearts ready to see what you're doing in this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.